Welcome, everyone, to the first PSN Party Podcast of 2023. I'm your host today, Sentinel17, joined by the always amazing BMG Bald Man Gamer. Good evening. Before we begin, I do want to um, thank everyone for getting us to 1,000 uh, followers. We are on 1,000 followers right now. It took a little bit of work to get here, but every single one of you is to thank for this. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. We greatly appreciate it. And every single time you guys show up in the chat, it means so much to us. Now, um, regarding to... Regarding today's show, we are talking about a few different topics. We are going to be talking about Hogwarts Legacy, Spider-Man 2, Jedi Survivor, and of course Final Fantasy 16. Um, there are a couple of other things that we want to talk about, but we may not um, we may not get to those because a lot of times whenever we start talking about these and we really start dissecting them, um, there's just so much to this. And of course, you know, you could talk about some of these topics all day long. So we're we're going to try to keep it. Um, as focused and controlled, I guess, as we can. But one of the biggest topics, and it's, it's kind of a hot topic right now, is, of course, um, Jim Ryan uh, feeling that Game Pass is not... He, he says to his employees that it's not really a concern for PlayStation. They don't consider it a threat. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, BMG? Do you actually believe it? Uh, nah, I think I think it's just uh, it's mainly fly came in at like shareholders and things, um, trying to show that um, PlayStation doesn't see um, Game Pass as competition, um, we, which we know they do, of course, because you, you've got to look at it as they've had to evolve their business strategy and create their own subscription service. So if they didn't see it as competition why would they be in that sort of area to trying to compete in getting game pass uh, because what his actual his statement here that i've got from jim ryan we're just shy of 50 million subscribers and they are in the low 20s but there's more work to be done to grow that number so it's, it's kind of like it's, it's almost like he's trying to put shade on Xbox, say, look, yeah, yeah, we're at fifty million. We, you know, we, we, we're, they're nowhere near us. We don't have to worry about them. But that's not the way, really, he should be looking at it. Because Game Pass, yeah, this is a PlayStation show, but we do have to look at Game Pass is growing. Game Pass is getting bigger, and it's just going to keep on growing. PlayStation have been doing it for a long time. They have that fan base, and they are building probably even more subscribers. And eventually, I do believe that we are going to see um, day and day in the next, you know, within the next uh, three to four years, maybe. So you can see that even though he's not outly saying, yeah, the competition was scared or anything like that, you can see that that is an issue. They do see it as competition, regardless of what Jim says, because otherwise they wouldn't have created the service they did. Um, but... I think it, it also comes to note that with the FTC and the EU and the CMA, you know, PlayStation have turned around and said, oh, you know, we can't allow them to have it. We can't have it in that service because it will take the player base from PlayStation to Xbox. If we weren't seeing that service as competition, why would it matter? Yeah. You know, but... I, I just think I just think it's going to go. Uh, is, we're going to get to that point where it's going to be day and day. Game Pass is going to grow. PlayStation have already started slowing down. 
Um, we've already, you know, the numbers haven't increased really in a long time. So I, I really do think that um, it's something to worry about. Um, if they do get the ABK deal, um, you're going to see that library increase tenfold and they don't want that. But trying to, you know, brush it off as if it's nothing doesn't look well to, um, you know, these government bodies that are looking at this deal because on one hand, Jim's saying, no, no, it's bad for business, it's bad for competition, it will damage PlayStation. And then on the other hand, you know, he's turned around and said that, you know, we're not that bothered, it's all right, it's nothing. Because I do believe that statement um, actually came from a private uh, private meeting that he put out to staff. Um, And, you know, so obviously we've only got what's been leaked. But if it's true, and that is the mentality they're going with, and that gets put forward to, like, the FTC, the EU, or the CMA, um, could it damage their argument? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they'll just look at it as hearsay, or there's not the actual evidence isn't there. We're just going off what someone's heard someone say. Who who knows? But... um, PlayStation do have a lot to work on their service. Um, I'm a PlayStation gamer, as yourself is, obviously, because we're on a, the PSM Party podcast. Uh, yeah. But it's also that you look at the service and what they're offering. The extra tier is the most value for money. You've got a huge selection of first-party games anyway, not day and date, but recent games. And you've also got a lot of third-party games in there that some of them do cross over with Game Pass. So... If they didn't seem as competition, why have the service in the first place? Yeah. It's yeah. not bad. It's, it's not a great service. It's not the best. It's better. It's better than having when you had PSN Now and PS Plus separate. It has improved. There is a good selection of games in there. Um, like if you wanted to try Death Stranding or anything like that, that's in there. Spider-Man Miles Morales is in there. You know, you've got a good selection of third-party games, some Assassin's Creed games in there, and it's good. It's good to see. But again, if it wasn't competition, why are you doing it? What's the point? Why not? If if PlayStation Plus, as it was, was working, why did you need to create this free tier system to uh, to to do to? If you're not competing, of course you're competing. Yeah, I kind of I kind of feel like um, I kind of feel like Jim Ryan is. Um... You know, he's saying one thing but doing another. And I don't know if this is because he's afraid of Game Pass. Um, you know, and, and the, the completely ridiculous thing about this is that PlayStation Plus by itself could legitimately challenge Game Pass. But in order to really challenge Game Pass, they have to take, like, PlayStation Plus Premium, where Game Pass Ultimate is going with those, um, you know, first-party day-and-date releases. As soon as it releases for the stores or for you know, on the uh, PSN storefront, it's also releasing in PS Plus Premium. That's the way to really build um, the service, how Game Pass has been built, because that's something that drew a lot of people to Game Pass, of course, is releasing the big first-party AAA games into the service the same day they released. Um, It kind of feels like Jim Ryan is... um, He's saying, you know, that he considers it a threat, to just try to fight the ABK deal, but internally he doesn't consider it as much of a threat because he thinks that the lead that they have right now 
um, basically negates any reason for concern. I kind of feel like that's um, that that's kind of not the right mentality to have. You should always perceive your competition as a threat, and you should always be trying to push your brand forward to become better, rather than just um, coasting on the successes of last generation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's and that's the thing. That's you know, kind of that's where Xbox got complacent in the 360 era, where 360, you know, outmatched PlayStation 3. Um, they had they had the games there. Everyone loved it, and they were riding that success. Um, the Connect, yeah, it was a fun thing. It was a good some extra you could buy for the console. But then came to the Xbox One. For whatever reason, that ball seemed to have dropped, and they forced you to have the connect up and running to be able to play, and it didn't. It didn't pay off, and the PlayStation Four was cheaper, um, yeah. had more exclusives, launch had some good deals, and they again run success, and they did for the PlayStation Four generation, and going into the PlayStation Five, yeah. At the moment, they have sold the most consoles. Uh, they do have probably the most exclusives currently, first-party exclusives yeah. out currently on console. Um, they have got the deals in place for exclusive games, Final Fantasy sixteen being one of them. I know we're going to talk about that later. Uh, and also they've got like some exclusive content for third-party games like Hogwarts Legacy that we're also going to talk about. Uh, they've got an exclusive area and level to the PlayStation only because they're making these deals in which people will drive to that console. Um, yeah. But to dismiss Xbox Game Pass or Xbox itself as competition, it's 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 misplaced arrogance, I would say, and it's you you are putting yourself at that risk of xbox maybe getting that edge maybe getting that lead and it'll be interesting to see what happens over this generation because i i'd probably say this is probably going to be a 10-year generation with covid the pandemic lockdown yeah. delays i would probably say we're going to hit about um, this is going to be about a 10-year generation personally could be i could be miles off but we haven't we're in this we're pa just past the second year now and yeah. Mm, these consoles haven't really shown us everything they've got. Yeah, we've had patches, we've had the odd game built from the ground up, but nothing's really taken advantage of the hardware. And it'll and, be interesting to see. You know, and I, I think that that's a good point, especially with the pandemic, because you had a lot of people that just couldn't afford a PS5. You had people that just couldn't find PS5s, except through a scalper, where they're charging two to three times however much it's worth, and of course people couldn't afford that. And so in order to continue, because software is where PlayStation makes their money, in order to really continue to make enough money to keep making these games, they had to keep making those games for PS4s and PS5s. You know, you remember when um, Horizon Forbidden West was first announced, um, I think they had said, I want to I say that they said concretely at that point that it would not be coming to PS4, but then of course it changed. And um, I think the majority of games that they had wanted for to be current gen only on PS5, they had to make for the PS4 just because they would not have sold enough to really make, e even to break even. And it's nice mm. now that enough people can get the PS5s um, that they're kind of leaving last generation behind and they're like, we're going to start moving on. Because now you're going to see them be able to really 
um, optimize these games for these consoles, kind of like how The Last of Us Part One did for the PlayStation Three. You remember it, yeah. it launched? It launched at the end of the generation, and it looked better than any game Naughty Dog had made up to that point. It was probably the best looking PS3 game. Um, that you could find anywhere. And that's, of course, because it came at the end of the console generation. So, again, with the whole COVID thing messing everything up, it was lockdowns for two years. Everything got delayed. Um, it almost makes you wonder if we're going to see these consoles optimized at any point during this generation, if it's not a 10-year generation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, let's say PlayStation are doing more and more to branch out in the market. Um, they are making the games they make are they're, they're amazing they're amazing games you can't you can't deny it they are amazing games they make um the things that they do the things that they show um it's 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 just it's just brilliant yeah i know they've re-released the last of us part one again and they have released it again but when you've got a tv show coming out in what two weeks time just yes. under, just less than two weeks' time. A lot of people are going to watch the show, find out there's a game that's actually optimized for the PlayStation 5, and it's going to sell consoles. It's going to sell copies of that game. They're not stupid. I know a lot of people have turned around and said, oh, what's the point in doing this? What's the point in making another remake? But they know what sells. They know what yeah. makes money. And we're going to see more and more of that. And we are going to see more remakes going down the line um, of remasters and things. And But they know they sell. People buy them regardless. And it's a £70 game, $70 game. People buy it. And people keep buying it. So yeah. it's one of them. If it works, why not do it? it well, you know, and it, it's like a lot, of, a lot of these people, I think, buying the PS5 version of The Last of Us. They say, oh, it's it's remade and, you know, this and that. And I'm like, well, first of all, first of all, of course, the PS5, one of the good things going for it is it's backwards compatible. And, of course, they had the PS4 uh, remastered version of The Last of Us. So, I mean, if, if you're really, you know, getting down to brass tacks, there's no reason to buy a PS5 version of The Last of Us. There's not, except if you're one of the people that that's like the greatest game you've ever played and you absolutely love it. Then I completely understand but with the PS4 version of The Last of Us being out there, and, um, you know, I mean, if you're comparing remakes, you look at something like Resident Evil 2, that remake, versus um, The Last of Us. The Last of Us remake doesn't even compare. So it's like, I kind of feel like, um, you know, it, it's almost like PlayStation is trying to capitalize on um, their past successes as far as they can. Until the PlayStation crowd gets tired of it and they're like, hey, man, you know what? We've bought, you know, Horizon Forbidden West remake and we've bought The Last of Us Part Two remake. And now we've bought Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart remake. And, you know, we want something new. It feels like, and, you know, to some people this would come, I guess, as being critical of the PlayStation brand, but it's not. It's I think it's critical of Jim Ryan because PlayStation has tons of tremendous IPs that are just sitting on a shelf, you know? And with, yeah. a vi with a visionary, um, they could pull these off of the shelves, you know, three or four years, have them in the hands of gamers, and you'd bring back uh, franchises like Resistance and Infamous and SOCOM, you know? Oh, well, uh, just uh, before we go any further, a shout out to Masuku. Thank you very much for the five ninety nine super chat. Thank you very much. You could have put a message in there, but thank you for the support 
We really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for supporting us and uh, helping us get to 1K. Thank you very much, my friend. Thank you, Ms. Sukal. We appreciate it so much. Now you did bring up um, you did bring up Final Fantasy sixteen, so let's talk about that. Um, just just before we go there, when we, um, I know I was just going on about the remake and that. Personally, this remaster for the PlayStation Five is yeah. is aimed at new new people to the ecosystem. People yeah. that are going to watch the show. That hopefully a lot of people are probably going to find it interesting. Look what The Witcher did. The Witcher TV Netflix show made people go and buy and play yes. The Witcher free. That's a good and, point. And I think this is the same thing. I think this is the exact same thing. This game isn't aimed at people who have played it, re-got it. I think it's literally aimed at newcomers getting people into this ecosystem. And I think it's going to work. I think it's going to sell games. I think it's going to sell consoles. And now you can get hold of the PS5, as you said, a lot more easier yeah. now. Um, I have seen a couple on shelves myself, but they're all bundles. You know, you have to get God of War or Horizon yeah. Forbidden West, which I've just finished, by the way. I finally finished Horizon Forbidden West, which was a really, really good game. Took a bit of time getting into it, but it's a really good game. And I was quite happy with the ending and... Look forward to the third game if they if Gorilla make one. Um, but, it seems like it seems yeah. like they've hit their stride with her, with the Horizon universe. So I mean, if they're going to make anything, I think if there's an opportunity for them to make a third one, they'll probably make a third one. I think it's going to be a trilogy. I think they'll the way no spoilers, but the way the ending of the second one is sets up ready for a third game, um, right. and I can see that happening and i think that is their next game and make it a trilogy playstation like making games in freeze anyway you know it's almost guaranteed we're gonna get last of us part three um so yeah it'd be be good to it'd be good to see see what happens but yeah so i just wanted to get that in there before we before we moved on just because i think that's where it's aimed at personally yeah no that makes a lot of sense because especially with the pandemic you have a lot more people picking up video games than before, and um, I know the numbers came out um, a few years ago, stating that video games, the video game industry, is now grossing more than the movie and uh, music industry combined. So there are more people playing video games, and some of those are playing video games for the first time. And like you said, the PS5, the Last of Us version, is uh, aimed at those people, not necessarily you or me, but people who might be playing it for the first time. Uh, and just from um, the XPL Party podcast channel, um, just a heads up, um, if this is from Ash, uh, please let me know if there are any ads, etc., causing any issues when watching, because obviously we are now monetized because we've hit 1K. Again, thank you very much for everyone. Um, but we obviously have no idea how it affects live stream. So, yeah, if there's any issues, any problems, if you get cut off and then put onto an ad or anything like that, just let us know because obviously we're new to this and we can just work it as we go along. But yeah, thank you. Sorry, sorry, Sentinel. No, it's all good. Um, you know, it's important to address those ads, especially since this is a new thing for us. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole new experience. We've literally we've hit it over the Christmas break. I think, actually, I think we hit 1K. I can't remember if it was Christmas Eve or Boxing Day. I think it was Christmas Eve, just before Christmas. We hit the 1K and it was a amazing amazing present to uh, everyone over here at the xpl party podcast family nice nice 
Let me see. Um, oh, Final Fantasy 16, right. Um, so Final Fantasy 16, I guess, is coming out on June 22nd of 2023. Oh, yes. And it is locked in as a PlayStation 5 exclusive, a timed exclusive, allegedly. You know how Square Enix is. Um, mm. But I think for fans of Final Fantasy, especially ones who are looking forward to Final Fantasy 16, um, you know, it's going to be a very... It's going to be a very uh, interesting summer. It, it's going to it's going to suck if you're an Xbox gamer and you don't have a PlayStation and you want to play Final Fantasy 16 because God knows how long you're going to wait. But if you do have a PlayStation 5 and you love Final Fantasy, the summer is going to be crazy for you. It's going to be a lot of fun. And of course, Square Enix is stepping up their uh, advertising campaign already, which you know it, it's great to see um, building up a lot of hype, especially for a series um, that's been as long running. And that's so um, adored is Final Fantasy. You know, Final Fantasy 16. Um, it it's crazy how how many people are talking about it. You know, but it again on the flip side of that, I kind of feel bad for people who only have Xbox consoles and they love Final Fantasy because they're kind of getting left out on this one. Yeah, it is. It does feel like obviously on the Xbox side they're getting a bit shafted. They're still, you know. Final Fantasy VII Remake still hasn't landed, and by all accounts, I don't think it ever will. Uh, yeah. But again, on the PlayStation side, it's a bonus for PlayStation. Um, you know, I think we've all heard the phrase, why buy the cow when you can get the milk for cheaper? And, you know, chuck a bit of money, keep it locked away on PlayStation. Final Fantasy, and we all look at Final Fantasy as... At home on PlayStation, we don't really associate Xbox with Final Fantasy anymore. Yeah, and I don't yeah. think we have for a long time, really. But yeah, Final Fantasy 16, yeah, it's exclusive to PlayStation 5 for six months, I believe. Um, yeah. but, and then we can assume it comes to PC, not Xbox. I don't think you're actually yeah. going to see it on Xbox for a very long time, if, if at all. Um, but you know, that's PlayStation locking games and content to the console. And yeah. that's what Final Fantasy sells consoles. So it's a big IP. It's well known around the world. And uh, yeah, they are hyping a lot of information coming before June, getting the train going, getting everyone excited. And um, yeah, I'd be quite interested. I think last, the actual last Final Fantasy I played was 10. 10 okay. was my, is my absolute favorite. Absolutely love ten. Um, brilliant story, um, you know the way it makes you feel. The, you know the res- revelations through the game, the gameplay, the combat. It's really, really, really good, and, and ends on a quite a satisfying way as well. Uh, and I kind of dropped off Final Fantasy after that. I wasn't really keen on ten part two, eleven onwards, but sixteen. Yeah. I think if I'm you're looking to get really back into it, um, this will probably be the game that'll get you back into it. I know Square Enix is saying that they're going to basically um, share a lot of this information regarding Final Fantasy 16 with the fans. And, of course, um, right now they have uploaded artwork uh, regarding Final Fantasy 16. But with this game essentially being a very big-budget game, um, I can only imagine how much information they're going to be dropping between now and June. And, of course, um, I remember uh, E3 is coming up in June as well. Off the top of my head, I don't remember the date. Do you remember the date of E3 this year? Uh, no, I don't, actually. Um, I, c- 
could find it as we go. Um, yeah, I think I think you I think they're going to hold their own event. I think you're going to see a PlayStation. Um, you know, as yeah, because I was I was thinking I'm like I'm like either they're going to have a huge showing at E3 for this, or PlayStation is going to have an event where Final Fantasy 16 is going to be front and center, basically, because this is probably going to be their biggest, aside from Spider-Man 2. This will probably be their biggest exclusive launch this year. Mm. Uh, E3 returns in person on June 13th to the 16th. So that's so, yeah. right before. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I think you're gonna. Yeah, I think you're gonna have like a final blowout. Maybe, maybe a trailer. Maybe you know, we pre-order now. You'll get something. You know, you'll get get something special or something like that if you pre-order now, just to boost them numbers up before the um, they actually get it. And uh, especially, it actually comes out. especially with PlayStation um, wanting this as an exclusive. You know that in addition to Square Enix advertising this, PlayStation is going to be advertising it everywhere they can. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, you it's know, a PlayStation um, exclusive. Something I, something I wanted to point out, because I remember PlayStation has done this before. Um, sometimes when Xbox has a big event or something, PlayStation will um, tease some of their games or they'll have an info dump on some of their games right before to kind of steal the thunder. And I, I want to believe that they're going to do that this year with Final Fantasy sixteen, especially since... It's not an ex- it's not a first party PlayStation Studio, but it's going to be a PlayStation exclusive. I'd be willing to bet that we're going to get um, a lot of good information right before E3, kind of so it steals any thunder Xbox is trying to manifest. Yeah, because there is the rumor there's going to be an Xbox show rather later this month or February. And February times normally when PlayStation do something, it was always like February. September, October time, yeah. and then the main yeah. show in the summer. Um, so I would, I'd, I think PlayStation will wait for Xbox to announce whatever show they're doing, and then they'll come in the next month after, maybe mid to late March. Um, we're going to get a big, because we've got a lot of exclusives coming out this year. Um, yeah. You've got Sp- Spider Man 2, Final Fantasy 16. Uh, you got uh, obviously. There's, I know Hogwarts Legacy isn't exclusive, but it has a lot yeah. of exclusive content just to PlayStation. Um, we're probably going to get. I think we might probably more info rather than a release date on the um, Last of Us Factions uh, multiplayer game that they're working on. Uh, and also, um, I saw a trailer. I think it was last month that I seen it. It was um, you know like. Ghostbusters and Evil Dead game where it's like yeah. three on one. Um, there's a, a, a shoot a sci-fi shooter game coming out where I think it's four versus one, four like Marines trying to do something in a facility, just in from what they've shown, and someone else is like the monster um, trying to attack, and that's an ex- PlayStation exclusive. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. Look beautiful PlayStation Five only, which I think yeah. we're going to see more of. I think a lot of games going forward now are just going to be PlayStation 5 and less and less are going to be cross-gen. I think Final Fantasy yeah. 16 wasn't that announced as this-gen only, PlayStation 5 only. Yeah, I believe I it's it only is. PS5, yep. Yeah, yeah, I think it is, yeah, which uh, which would be cool, which would be good, good, good to see because we need. I know a lot of people are still on the PlayStation 4. Yeah. I understand that, but... 
we can't hold on to this cross-gen forever. And yeah. I know you've, there's such a big player base on the PlayStation 4, and I'm not saying they shouldn't get anything, but it's almost, again, there's literally three or four games that are made for the PlayStation 5, and that's yeah. it. It's a five, you know, $500 console. And... Well, yeah, and, you know, with, with uh, Final Fantasy 16 being such a big budget um, production, um, they're going to have to sell a lot of games. You know, they're going to have to sell a lot of units just to break even. So, you know, the advertising is going to be... God only knows how much they're going to be spending for advertising because they need people who have... They need as many people who have a PS5 as possible to be buying Final Fantasy 16. Mm. That's what they I need. Did... Be- because they left last generation behind. Mm. Yeah, true, true. I do wonder, though, if... PlayStation may hold off on a lot of shows or anything like that until they get a better idea what's happening with the ABK deal. Because obviously, with the argument they're making, it would damage competition, it'll make all these titles exclusive on their console and Game Pass. And PlayStation, generally in their shows, mainly show games that are first-party and third-party, second-party exclusive. So I wonder if we I wonder if we will get a show before um, E3. I hope we do. I hope we see some yeah. stuff because it, you know, it's 2023 should really be the year of PlayStation Five. So and I know, and Xbox because well. you know, I know, I know, Jim Ryan had said that he doesn't view Game Pass as competition or a threat or whatever he said because of how many PS Fives they have in the wild, but. Um, you know, look at look at all the exclusives that are coming to Game Pass Day One. There is no way that PlayStation um, can just let that slide without having their own show, without building that hype, because they absolutely need to show the PlayStation gamers, hey, this is what's coming this year, so that people aren't like, hey, you know what, I'm just gonna, I have a PS5, but it's gonna it's gonna be collecting dust this year, you know, except for me playing one or two games. They need people to be playing. Their PS5s, they need them to subscribe to PS... I guess it's PS Plus Premium. Um, you know, they need people to be doing that so that um, they can help to fight Game Pass, but also so Game Pass can't close that gap. Because I know an analyst had said this year that Xbox is going to really close that gap. A lot of that's going to depend on how much PlayStation advertises the games that they have coming up, whether they're timed exclusive, whether they're full exclusive, it doesn't matter. They need to advertise it to slow that um, that gap decrease that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we're just. I think we're just going to get as we get more and more into this year. We're going to see things pushing more forward. We're going to see more games. We're going to see more exclusives and everything for PlayStation Five and try and get people off the PS4 onto the PS5. I believe uh, I have not actually seen anything on it. I've been keeping an eye out for it, but. Tom Henderson reported a rumor that they may announce a revision to PlayStation 5 at CES. Um, I haven't seen anything. I did keep an eye. I haven't seen anything pop up yet, so I'll definitely yeah. keep an eye out for that if anything does pop up. But maybe if we get a revision of the PS5, maybe that can bring the price down a little bit. If you're getting, I know they've just done a price hike, but. Yeah. If you can make the console for a lot cheaper, cheaper components, maybe you're able to 
get sell that at a cheaper price. But um, oh, sorry, um, as XBL uh, Ash has just said, it's uh, it's one a.m. UK time. That's why I've not seen anything. So we'll keep an yeah. eye on that because it'll be interesting if if they do announce them. I can't see it personally, but. You know, Tom Henderson, quite reliable. He's quite a good insider, leaker, um, yeah. journalist. And so maybe if he's heard rumblings, maybe it's a possibility. Um, I think Sony generally do turn up to CES anyway. I think when they first started talking about the PlayStation 5, um, they, Jim Ryan was actually there on stage with, with a few details on what they're going to want to accomplish with the PlayStation 5. So it's a you know possibility that we might see something. So we'll have to uh, have to keep an eye out for that. And CES um, is that tech only, or is that tech and games? Uh, I think it's just mainly tech, okay. and they could get away with the PlayStation side of it because they can just go off the tech side of it as a console technology. Uh, yeah, don't. it's not really, don't talk about games. It's more like your TVs, your phones, your cars, right, you know, right. all technology and different things from different companies. But Sony generally does have a presence there, mainly on the TV side, I think. Um, right. But they were there a couple of years ago, well, maybe three years ago, when the last actual event was on and they actually did show some playstation 5 information and what obviously they didn't show off the console because it hadn't been shown off yet uh, but mainly of what what they're sort of accomplishing with the playstation 5 what it was going to be able to do and things like that um but yeah yeah i think we're going to see some of that and probably maybe maybe a bit of playstation vr as well you never know maybe yeah i know um i know some people are really uh you know they're really fans of VR. Um, you know, me personally, I'm I'm like I'm kind of indecisive. I'm not sure if I want to embrace VR or just leave it behind. But um, that's one thing PlayStation obviously has going for it is they have the PSVR two, and of course Xbox doesn't have any VR at all. So it'll be interesting to see um, how you know how different how different developers um, really utilize what the PSVR two can do. You know. I think that's going to yeah. help to push forward the medium a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Again, place, VR, I, it's still like in that infancy stage, I would say. It's still new technology. They're, you know, they're still improving it. You've got a few headsets out there now. Um, and this, again, yes, the good it immerses you into games, but... I want a VR game where it's going to make me feel more realistic, look more yeah. realistic, actually put you in that world. A lot of the games don't look brilliant. They look a bit, you know, you can tell they don't look too good. You, obviously, you know you're in a game, and I'm not saying you, you don't know you're in a game, but yeah. the more lifelike that it is, to me, the better. Um, I know PlayStation have got this eye-tracking thing, um, which is meant to be really good. But yeah. until I get my hands on and myself, I'll, I did pre-order. I cancelled my pre-order because life and things like that. But yeah. Luke Steele's in the chat, and I know he's pre-ordered one. So uh, we'll definitely, once the PlayStation VR 2 is out, we'll have to have him on if he's happy to come on and uh, tell us about the experience and what it's like when it hits. Definitely, we'll have to have them on because it's like a lot of us um, may not pick up a you know PSVR two, but we're definitely interested in it, or at least interested in hearing about it. And um, you know, as as it evolves, I think a lot more of us who are kind of on the fence 
are probably going to be interested enough to check it out at least. Yeah, yeah, it's going. It's again the. I think the looking at a million in the first year. I, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Luke Steele, absolutely, he'll do the show while wearing the headset. Now that would be hilarious. <laughs> right. That would be hilarious. Oh yes. Uh, but I do think I think they're aiming at to set because they make manufacturing one million consoles uh, yeah. headsets. Whether they shift that many because it comes out mid February, I think um, early February. Uh, whether they shift that many in the first year, I don't know. Um, they say, like I say, PlayStation VR ones adoption rate wasn't very high. Uh, yeah. I didn't even think they would do a number two uh, a second headset, and obviously they have. So obviously they they see that if they can get more developers on board as well as first party, so obviously it's good. It's only going to benefit, isn't it? You know, we're going to hopefully see more and more more developers making games for it. It's just that adoption rate. Is it worth putting X amount of developers and money into a game that's only going to reach a handful of yeah. PlayStation Five users? That's that's kind of going to be the um, the thing, really. But I hope it's successful, uh, and I do hope to pick one up. Um, maybe Christmas, maybe maybe Christmas this year. It's only three hundred and fifty odd days away, so counting down already. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. definitely. Okay, that's cool. Um, I mean, I might pick one up too, um, but I don't. I don't know if it would be this year. But I'm. If you, if a lot of you guys are picking them up and saying, "Hey, it's great," I'll probably end up picking up one too. That's just you know, because yeah, it's like, like especially with those types of experiences, you don't want to miss out on them. You know. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to see what they do because I, I thought the lineup for the PSVR one was okay. Wasn't the best. Wasn't the worst. They had games, but again. Um, I had the PlayStation VR one, um, yeah. using them ones with them ball things. If the lighting wasn't right, it would throw you off. If you turn too far, it'd knock your screen off, saying you you know you're out of view. And it was a bit fiddly and um, maybe made me feel very motion sick and headaches a lot of the times. But if it looks better, runs better, and what the PSVR two has, then hopefully that could subside that for me and i'll be able to enjoy a lot more because i had the two games i absolutely loved on the playstation vr one was werewolves within essentially a group of years i sat around a campfire you can look around uh cheers for coming uh channel supporter stubs thank you very much thank you it's awesome to see the support thank you very much my friend Got to have you on at some point as well. Don't think we've forgotten. <laughs> we will yes. get you on, my friend. We will get you on. We Every time we planned it, I don't think it's worked out. Timing hasn't worked, but we'll definitely get you on at some point. Eventually, soon. Stubbs will join. Stubbs will guest on our show, definitely. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We'll definitely have to get that arranged. Uh, yeah, Werewolf, Werewolves Within, essentially, there's, um, I think it's eight of years, sat around a campfire or a hole in the floor in a village um, one or more of you is werewolves and the idea is you all get get different roles and you've got to work out who the werewolves are and then you've got to vote them out as the round goes and try and um, eliminate the werewolves and if you don't the werewolves win obviously then they win it's a good game good game uh, it's, it's good fun um, and also um, Star Trek bridge crew absolutely brilliant I absolutely love that game. Uh, you've got to work as a team. 
one of you is the captain, got engineer, you've got um, navigation and got security slash weapons, and you've got to work together to do missions while flying um, a, a spacecraft. Absolutely brilliant, and it, it was great fun. The only problem was that if you moved a bit too far, it just threw all your vision out. But if anyone hasn't played that, I highly recommend it. It's, it's really, really good. So were you more of a uh, Star Trek or Star Wars fan? Oh, um, <laughs> I would say I am more Star Wars. I'm definitely more Star Wars. I do like Star Trek. I do like Star Wars, but I am more on the Star Wars side. You know, it just seems like they don't have a lot of Star Trek games really for consoles. Not not really like they have Star Wars games, you know. Yeah, yeah. It kind of feels like it's under underutilized, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've kind of the potential there, the stuff that they can do. I know they've got that. There's a Star Trek um, Fleet Command, I think it's called. Yeah. Big, huge mobile game. You know, probably makes them a hell of a lot of money. Um, but on console-wise, we haven't really seen anything for a long time. I re- God, I remember yeah. playing Star Trek Voyager, the first game on um, play. Was it? I can't remember if it was 360 or PlayStation 3. Can't quite remember. Or it might have been PS2. Been a long time and brilliant game. Interacting with the crew. You're one of the security teams. Really good. But yeah, we haven't really seen anything in a long time. I know there's. You can play Star Trek online on consoles now, but to be honest, that is more of a PC game. It's hard with a controller, to be honest, to yeah. do that. Um, no, but, I, I understand. Yeah, yeah but we could um, do with more. You know, Star Trek, Star Wars seem to be taking over the gaming scene over Star Trek. Yeah, you know, and it's it's kind of it's kind of unfortunate because it's like everybody loves Star Wars, but it almost feels like a lot of different aspects of Star Wars are um, running into franchise fatigue. You know, um, mm. I knew I know Star Wars Jedi Survivors coming up, and um, that's that, I think that's a concern of some people that the entire IP of Star Wars is kind of running into franchise fatigue. You know, and of course with Star Wars uh, Jedi Survivor coming out next year, um, it is a fresh it's it's a somewhat fresh take um, on Star Wars because it's a character created essentially just for the game. And you have um, him going on his own journey that's not really in any of the movies. And it felt fresh and it felt, um, you know, it it felt like a, a breath of fresh air, you know, that the, that the series, that the Star Wars series so desperately needed, especially after running the movies into the ground. And when I say that, I mean they're wanting to make um, as many movies as they can, as fast as they can. And, you know, when you do that, I think, and when you don't let a franchise breathe, it's going to get to where people look at it and they're like, oh, I don't even want to have anything to do with it, you know. Now, with, of course, with uh, Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order, it wasn't like that. Um, a lot of people really liked it. But, you know, it's 2023, and a lot of people are real weary of Star Wars. Um, and I know Jedi Survivor is coming up. Do you think Jedi Survivor is going to see is going to start to see some of that franchise fatigue that's pretty much seeping into every other uh, medium that Star Wars exists in. See, I'm I'm completely opposite because I thought um, Jedi Fallen Order was a breath of fresh air 
back into Star Wars on the gaming side. Don't get me wrong, the films uh, yeah. they've literally milked that cow dry and they're just trying to churn out and churn out and churn yeah. out. But I did like the Obi-Wan series. That um, that was I love that and I keep going back watching it. I, amazing series. If you haven't watched it, it's on Disney Plus. I highly recommend you watch it. Yeah. If you like the old you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Darth Vader, that sort of time period. Go and watch it, it's brilliant. But on the game-wise, um, yeah, we kind of went... We had... Um, oh, what was... Star Wars, was it Unleashed? An Unleashed 2? Uh, the Good Force game. Unleashed. Force Unleashed, sorry. Yeah, Force Unleashed. Yep. Absolutely brilliant game. A different perspective. You worked for Vader. You played the bad guy. Um, and it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. The second one was it shouldn't have even existed, um, and then all Star Wars games coming after that just it was just like churning out the same thing. Battlefront they remade and it was good. Made the number two got absolutely screwed. They you know they really did um, because li- literally it was they screwed people on monetization. Um, you know, your microtransactions. And they fixed that, and they did fix that. And I still play Battlefront 2 now because I really do enjoy just jumping in to um, a big war game. Absolutely love it. It's, it's really, really yeah. good. Um, and Jedi Fallen Order hit, and I just felt like it was a breath of fresh air. Back playing what everyone wants to play as, as a Jedi. That's what people wanted to do. The story yeah. was interesting. Some of the game mechanics, very Dark Souls-y bit tedious having to run back and all the enemies being there and and the map was awful but the story was engaging the characters were well written and the voice actors played the parts absolutely amazing brilliant game and i think that and that showed ea that there is still life in single player story narrative linear games and brilliant and i'm so looking forward to survivor i don't think survivor's going to hit fatigue i to be honest i think it's going to be another breath of fresh air into the franchise and yeah. and i and i hopefully that they can continue making these games i know ubisoft massive are working on a single player star wars game uh, yeah. which i have from the couple of teases we've had over the last couple of weeks i think we are going to see a um, maybe a start of a trend of these single player games. Will it drag after that possibility, depending what route they go? But no, I think Jedi Survivor, if they can build, fix the stuff that was wrong with the first one, yeah. but have the same sort of brilliant story, story driven, cinematic, um, linear story, I think it's going to be brilliant. And I'm, I, I honestly can't wait for it. Uh, yeah, uh, just give a shout out to Thunder Fox Gaming. Thank you for coming in and saying hello and being in chat. It's brilliant to see you. Thank you. Thank you, Thunder Fox Gaming. We appreciate your support, buddy. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I, I, I agree. I agree with you completely about uh, Jedi Fallen Order, you know, um, because it's like it's made by Respawn, and you have to remember. Um, you know, after the Star Wars Battlefront Two loot box controversy that got Andrew Wilson in a lot of hot water with Kathleen Kennedy, um, they they run to the best studio that they have. It's for anyone who is even a, a semi-serious gamer, it's it's no it's no um, it's no secret that Respawn is the best studio 
or you you could almost yeah. call them the best kept secret that Electronic Arts has, but it's not really a secret. Everybody knows this. Respawn, they're the most talented studio that they have, and um, so of course Andrew Wilson goes to him and says, "Hey, you you know they were already working on a project and they didn't say what it was, but he said, "Hey, you guys want to make a Star Wars game?" And they're like, "Fuck yeah, we do," you know, and so of course they dropped their project and they made Jedi Fallen Order and it was phenomenal. And some people complained about the map and said it was a little confusing. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I do I do understand where people are coming from saying that. But I also felt that it was such a unique take on Star Wars games that that, along with Respawn's um, pedigree, really helped to make that um, stand on its own, but also kind of, like you said, a breath of fresh air into the Star Wars IP. Um, and I, I know, like, um, you know, the Obi-Wan series, I've seen several episodes. I saw the episode between... Uh, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader where they dueled, um, you know, it really leans back into what Star Wars used to be, and that's great to see. I think, um, you know, Star Wars Jedi Survivor is going to keep building on that momentum, and I just, it's like, I, I hope that other Star Wars games that are also in the works can also contribute to that momentum to get Star Wars back in a, in a really good place. Yeah, yeah, the games, to be honest, it's going to be the games where they can do the most because the films were just, and the TV shows are getting a bit too much now. It's yeah. literally they are just churning stuff out. But the games, you know, they've got years apart and the things that they can do with them, the stories they can tell in them worlds. And it doesn't have to be involving any main characters yes. in the sense of like from the story. They can go yeah. anywhere. They've got this huge galaxy. You could have a Jedi or a Sith or a bounty hunter that's in a different part of the galaxy that's trying to save a planet or something like that. Anything that could be anything. You could be a smuggler of it where you, you're going from planet to planet smuggling items while avoiding the empire or first order or a new faction, or maybe there's a new threat that's nothing to do with them. That's getting involved. You know, there's so many ways you can go with it. And like respawn, they are, I would say, the insomniac of Star Wars, whereas they are Marvel, they're brilliant at Marvel games, amazing at making a Spider-Man game, and Respawn really are the the head of, of, of Star Wars games. I, it's just they're just it's so, such a good franchise that has so much potential, and it just depends who they have working on it is what you're going to get out of them. But I can see. Because obviously Star Wars generally do things in trilogies, so I, I've got a feeling we are going to see a third Star Wars game by Respawn in that trilogy, in being a trilogy. So it'd be interesting to see, but I cannot wait for it to release. It's a day one buy for me. I, I did consider picking up the limited edition from limited edition game, limited run games, but it's like it's like four hundred. Four hundred dollars, and I'm oh, like, oh Jesus! Mm. But it gives you a replica <laughs> lightsaber, replica wow. lightsaber. Yeah. I've always wanted a lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it's if it's worth four hundred bucks, but you know. Oh, I would. I think I would. It's it's good job. My wife's got more sense than me. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Definitely, definitely. Another another game that's coming up that um, has a huge fan behind it, of course, is Hogwarts Legacy. Um, mm -hmm. Are you a Hogwarts fan? Like Harry Potter, the Hogwarts Legacy? Are you looking forward to that? 
that's the kids that wear the pointy hats with the sticks, isn't it? Yeah, and they fly around on yeah. the brooms or whatever, yeah. And they go Alakazam and things happen. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. That game. Um I'm I don't mind Harry Potter. Um I played the um the Lego games. I have seen the films, but it's my my daughter is a huge huge Harry Potter fan. Uh and this is a game that she'll be playing day one and I'm actually quite interested in it. Um, I actually like the look of the game. Uh, a lot of information's dropped. There's, it's like going to be semi-open world from the way yeah. it looks. Um, and it just looks really interesting that you, you don't have to just play a good little wizard learning. There's obviously that to it, but you can have actually a bit of a darker side. The story seems interesting. Um, and, I, and I hope it's not just going to be... It's just you in that world with yeah. all NPCs. It'd be nice if they could introduce co-op, or if you, if like a hub, you could all meet together in and and connect and do missions with and learn and you know build your experience and go up the years or whatever you, however they're going to work it. But and flying around on a broom just cool. Anything that involves flying, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm all um, for it. I know that I know that they said. Um... It takes place, um, you know, it's heavily inspired by the films and the books, and it takes place in its own version of the canon, so that, that gives them a lot of leeway with how they want to create this story, you know, because it's like when, when you make things that are tied into the movies, or when you make things um, that have certain nods uh, to the movies or other games or whatever, it kind of restricts how much they can really do with the story that they want to tell you know, because you're basing you're basing the game off of a pre-established storyline or whatever. But by them, you know, basically creating their own version of the canon, it gives them um, the ability to craft something that is truly unique and completely new, yeah. even for fans of the franchise. Yeah, it's it's also got I suppose the other side to it. Um, Ash has, Ash has just said that you're they have they did announce that you're able to kill people in it. That'll be wow. interesting. Yeah, that'll be zapping everyone with your wand. Uh, that'll, that'll be fun to do. Uh, but yeah, again, it's still got this stigma over it with the whole J.K. Rowling thing. Whether you're against it, for it, agree with it, don't agree with it, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But do you yeah. think that might actually put um, a bit of a dark cloud over the game. Do you think people are going to boycott it because of it, or do you don't think? Do you think people are going to go? It's a game. She didn't make it. They've just rented a license off her. You know, she's going to get money yeah. regardless. So I think I think the people that are protesting it the most would never play it anyway. Um, you know, and they're just they're ba they basically want to be angry about anything and everything. But the people you know that are going to play the game are like, well. You know, she wasn't a developer on the game. She didn't write the storyline for the game. She's not making the game. You mm. know, it, it's it's a uh, it's a studio. Let me see. It's called Avalanche Software. They uh, made Disney Infinity. So it's it's like yeah. the the person who developed all this lore. You know, she has views um, that people don't agree with. But it's like those. I mean, it's like she has nothing to do with the game. So why punish the developers of this game? for something that the the author of the book said it makes no sense you know yeah yeah exactly and obviously we with hogwarts legacy 
it is multi-platform. It's not PlayStation exclusive, but it was announced last year. They did a bit of a showcase on it. Uh, there is an actually an exclusive area emissions that are PlayStation only. So if you are yeah. planning on picking up the game, as bad, you know, I don't, I don't really like agree with locking content to one console or another. I think yeah. you, you, you're paying the same price for the game on Xbox, PlayStation, or PC. Everyone should have access to everything. Um, yes. But yes. If you do want that extra stuff. You do want that extra content for the same price? Pick it up on PlayStation Five, and I, th- yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. Is that exclusive to this gen or is it cross gen? I can't, I can't remember that one actually. Um, if I'm I, honest, I want to say that it's exclusive to this gen, but I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, I'm just having a quick look now. I don't, I don't know if it is or isn't. If I'm honest. Um, yeah, I can't see it anywhere. Uh, releases. Oh, yeah, it's for for current gen platforms. Yes, no, that's it. It's been delayed. Sorry. Uh, yeah, so it's coming out in. Is it April? April. Uh, no, February. February. Sorry, February for February tenth. That's it. February tenth for Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation Five, PC on February tenth, and it's delayed. Till April, mid-April for Xbox yeah. One, PlayStation Four, and Switch. I think they announced it was coming to Switch as well. So it'll basically um, get a port where they have to dial everything down. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. it's nice. I actually, as obviously, yeah, it's not fair to the people that got previous gen that have to wait longer. But I hope that the version we get on these consoles is it's built for these consoles and they have to dial it down instead yeah. of the other way around where they're just making it work for both um so hopefully fingers crossed um, we are actually getting a proper next gen experience and obviously with the playstation 5 you have the dual sense so i can imagine they're going to take advantage of the haptics and the adaptive yes. triggers which yep. is going to be you know going to be a nice little advantage on the playstation side as well as the extra content uh but yeah so I'm, i am actually I've, i do think i'm actually going to pick it up i did think i would but i think i'm I've definitely going to you know i'm not really into i'm not really into harry potter but i know my oldest son is um and it's probably something that he's going to be interested in because he has all the movies. So I, you know, but he has a, he has a Series X only. So it's kind of like ah, you know, do I do I pick it up for him or do I just you know? Because like I have a PS5, but again, I'm not really you know a Harry Potter fan, you know. So I'm kind of like it, it's it's kind of like it's up in the air, you know. I don't I don't really know whether I want to. Mm. You know, because like you said, I mean, it's essentially with Xbox, you're paying for an inferior version that is missing an area and those missions that take place in that area. So it's like, why pay full price for it? You know, and I think that's the thing a lot of people are going to say about this. Why would I pay full price for it when I have an Xbox, when I I should wait until it's on sale? 15 or $20 off because they're cutting content from it. Yeah, agreed, agreed. It's it's not, I don't, I don't like the idea of um, putting content exclusive on console to the other. I understand it's business. I understand they want to get people onto that onto to play on the console, and I completely understand that. But I don't agree with it. I don't think it's fair. But I, if I'm going to pick it up, I will probably pick it up on PlayStation to get yeah. that extra content. 
So, but you could always get it. You could always get it for your son and watch him play it, and then you can say you've sort of taken part, had a little bit of a go, and make yeah. your son happy as well. I mean, he's not a fan of PlayStation, though. So, <laughs> well, you know, it's okay I mean, to be wrong. It's okay to be wrong. Wow, I see. Just because Jim Ryan is your uncle, I get it. <laughs> hey, look, look. Even got the PlayStation top on that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I, you know, I, I can't argue, though, because I have a PlayStation mug and I have a PlayStation cap and a PlayStation shirt. So, you know, I can't talk either. That's it. That's it. You are you are blue-blooded. You just can't really <laughs> see it yet. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, um, another, another big game coming out this year, uh, Spider-Man 2, of course, Insomniac is on fire. Of course they are, you know. Yes. And it, it's, it goes without saying that, spy, that um, Spider-Man 2 is going to be bigger and badder than uh, the original Spider-Man, than Miles Morales. Um, they actually brought in um, Venom to be part mm. of the, the insanity that's going to happen. Because if you remember about the first Spider-Man, and, okay, so no spoilers, but there's a lot of classic villains in the original Spider-Man that all we contribute... Well, we yeah, spoil it. It's been enough time. If you haven't played that, it that's yet, true. That's true. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, you you know you have to fight. Um, you know you have to fight Doc Ock at the end, but you have to fight other villains along the way. Um, oh my God, I can't believe I don't remember the names of them. The 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 Rhino Rock guy, Shocker, and Rhino. the lizard the lizard guy. Uh, what's his name? Connors. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You, you have. Yeah. But it was it was such. It was so badass having these villains in the Spider-Man game. You know how, like, with Batman Arkham City, um, you know, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham Knight, you had all these classic Batman villains. They did the same thing with Spider-Man. And one of the greatest villains there is in the Spider-Man universe, of course, is Venom. So um, the fact that they're putting that in Spider-Man 2, you know it's going to be insane. And, you know, I love Spider-Man. Um, I platinumed it on the PS4. I have almost finished all of the DLC. I think I'm on the last DLC, and I have a couple missions to finish, and then I'm done. Um, definitely going to buy Spider-Man 2 when it comes out. Um, you know, I know they said it's coming out this year. I don't think they've announced a specific date, but off the top of my head, I remember them saying something about fall. Yeah, fall 2023. It's been They've announced it on the blog as well. It is fall 2023 that Spider-Man okay. 2 is coming out. Yeah, you know, so it, it's going to hit September, October, sometime around that time frame. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to Spider-Man 2. I know there are some people that hate on Insomniac. And a lot of those people, it's like you can't really hate on Insomniac because Spider-Man 2 is basically doing a lot of the same things that the Batman Arkham games did. And that's not a knock against them because Rocksteady found out, you know, they found a formula that works for superhero games. And Spider-Man did that slightly different, but they followed the general formula in, um, you know, Marvel Spider-Man, and it worked phenomenally, you know, and I think Spider-Man 2 is going to be even crazier. And, mm. you know, um, Insomniac has really proven themselves to be truly capable with building these types of worlds, with um, making superhero games that really tug at your heartstrings. I mean, if you remember, again, this is a spoiler from Spider-Man 1 where Aunt May died. Um, oh, yeah. you know, it, it hit, it hits so hard because of everything you're going through in the game and it builds this relationship between Peter Parker and Aunt May, of course. Um, and you really feel it, you know, so you can only imagine 
the emotional roller coaster that Spider-Man 2 is going to take you on. Mm. I would say, you know what, and I, I know I'm going to get shit for this. I know I'm going to get shit for this because I'm primarily an Xbox guy. But I'm actually looking forward to Spider-Man 2 more than I am Starfield. I'm sorry, but there it is. <laughs> I, I can't I can't disagree with you there. I can't even argue that one. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. It, it's, yeah, like I say, what, what a steal. Um, for Sony, bravo to PlayStation. Two hundred and twenty-nine million is what they paid for Insomniac. You know what an absolute steal for the games yeah. that they've made. Because the current, obviously, they did Spider-Man uh, One. They done Spy. They're doing Spider-Man Two. Spider-Man Miles Morales. They're working on Wolverine. They did Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Uh, they just keep. It's just banger after banger after banger. And we've uh, say Spider-Man One. The bit. That I most connected with. Um, obviously, you saw as you play the game, you get an idea of who the villain's gonna be, and as it goes on. Um, but the bit that hit me that obviously you that I think affected Spider-Man slash Peter Parker most when when Doctor Octavius revealed that he knew he was Spider-Man when they were fighting. Yeah. I think that that was kind of that emotional point for me as well as seeing for the character of how it affected him and how it hit him. Yeah, because he was his mentor, you know? Yeah. Because he was his mentor. And that hit me more than the um, Aunt May scene because Aunt May, you only had in a couple of times, Doc Ock was in it quite regular, and that was kind of the scene that did it for me, quite an impactful emotional scene. And then that spurred him on to, from, you know, not just trying to save New York and what have you, but anger, he was like not revenge. It was just he just wanted he just wanted to hurt him, uh, yeah. And you know that and that had the most impact for me. Uh, and going into Spider Man Two, we know Venom is at least one of the main villains. Uh, again, spoilers if you haven't played it, but Venom or the symbiote is actually teased through the game. Well, at the end of the game, because obviously when you when we played the game. Uh, when you do these side quests and missions, you um, there's these like like little little containers where Harry Osborn's left your vo- voice notes and um, for to do missions because uh, we as far as we know he's away in Europe backpacking holiday whatever, but in the actual fact he's severely ill uh, inside yeah. like a incubation tank thing healing tank thing um, as we is revealed at the end with um, Harry Osborne, uh, Norman Osborne, and you actually see the symbiote at the end of the first game. You don't see Venom, you just see part of the symbiote touch the glass. So that kind of hint gave you the hint anyway that Venom or a version of Venom was going to be involved in the next game, and obviously now such... we know that he is. That was such a great reveal, by the way. Um, seeing oh, yeah. that, I was like, oh my god! But it's a traditional Marvel <laughs> um, cut and end of credits um, tease yes. that. Yeah, yeah. But I liked it. It was good. It was good. I was like, oh, jeez, I can't wait for the second game. Got Miles Morales, which was brilliant. It was only a short game. It was perfect length. It was in Harlem, small little area, um, tighter story. But, you know, it just showed how they've improved on Spider-Man. Uh, his abilities were different. He was swings, his moves, his um, powers, abilities were different. Um, and we do see in the teaser trailer of Spider-Man 2 where we 
get the reveal of Venom. Uh, I can't remember his name. He's the guy that played Candyman uh, in the original films. Oh my god, I, I don't can't, remember. Can't remember his name, but he's the voice of Venom, and he just sounds so, so. Um, try that's it, Tony Todd. That was it. So I could remember Todd, but I couldn't remember more than that. Cheers, Luke Steele. Uh, it Tony sounds Todd's so menacing. His, his voice is very, menacing. Very menacing and dark, and it's like, oh, it's perfect. Absolutely perfect for the role. So it's going to be interesting to see how they tie Harry Osborne. And if that's, that, that's if it is Harry Osborne, we don't actually know if Harry Osborne is Venom in this. Whoa. We don't. He's attached to him at the moment in a yeah. tank, but does that change um, if he comes out the tank? We don't know. Obviously, we're going to have to wait till later this year to find out. But it's, it's interesting. This, just the premise of where it could go with Venom flying, you know, what if it's going to be a bit yeah. Resident Evil-like as you're going around the city doing stuff and you're just going to see Venom come in and attack you or something like that. Maybe, yeah. maybe we don't we don't know. It's interesting, and knowing that Miles Morales is in there as well, so you've got a bit of backup. Problem. I, I don't obviously it's not playable because they did actually come out and say that you it's not two player because the first thing everyone thought when they saw Peter Parker and Miles Morales together, oh my god, it's a it's a co op game, which would have been amazing. Yeah. Had they made that game co op. I would have been over the moon. That would have been amazing. But, but co-op, co-op play like that presents its own plethora of it, technical issues. It does. Uh, yeah. I think it's going to be more of a... Um, you're going to flick between them. I think, you know, like in the first game where you obviously played Spider-Man and in certain scenes you, you switch to Peter Parker and then in other missions you switch to Mary Jane. I think, and then and Miles Morales as well. You switch to him at, uh, at what later on in the game. Yeah. Um, I think you're gonna. I think it's gonna be that. I think you're gonna play X amount Spider Man, X amount Miles Morales. Uh, I think that's how it's gonna play. I do want to point something else out, and um, this is kind of it, it includes a little bit of movie trivia, but people may not know this. Um, Hugh Jackman was actually supposed to be in the first Spider Man as a cameo as Wolverine, right? But unfortunately, oh, okay. um, the person that was in charge of the wardrobes for the X-Men movie that released in 2000 lost his black suit, his black X-Men outfit, and they couldn't oh. find it. That's that's the only reason why he was not in um, the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. So, really? Yes. So with, um, with Insomniac developing a Wolverine game and, of course, Spider-Man 2, it's entirely reasonable to assume that Wolverine could have a cameo in Spider-Man 2. Which could then sell the Wolverine game? Yes. Because, uh, again, it, it wasn't it wasn't Insomniac's idea to begin with. You know, they wanted to do it before, but a simple mishap prevented Hugh Jackman from being in Spider-Man, thus tying the two universes together. And for a long time, Marvel and uh, 20th Century Fox, of course, have wanted to tie X-Men and, and um, you know, the Mar they wanted to tie X-Men with the Marvel Universe. But a simple problem here, a simple problem there, prevented it from happening. So with Insomniac having already put tons of nods to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or the Marvel Universe at large, in Spider-Man, and for those of you who've played it, you know what I'm talking about, um, the law office where Daredevil practices, um, I think the Jessica Jones office is there, they also have the, uh, what is it, the Sanctum Secorum, 
from Doctor Strange, the Avengers Towers there. They have a lot of nods to the bigger Marvel Universe and the fact that they're already developing Wolverine. You know, I mean, I would think at this point it's almost guaranteed that we're going to get that cameo in Spider-Man 2. I hope so. That is, I didn't even think about that. That is, that'd be absolutely brilliant. I think we're going to definitely see a lot of camos. We're going to see a lot of villains, different heroes, different characters. Because it's about time they start crossing this. This is the thing, um, especially on like, let's say, with Disney owning all the, you know, all these different properties now. That we've seen the individual films. We've seen the group films. Yes. I've, and I've seen the slate that they've got coming up, but when are we going to get, whether it be game, whether it be film, a proper Marvel X-Men crossover where you've got Iron Man fighting alongside Wolverine or uh, you've got Black Widow fighting alongside Cyclops, you know, all these yeah. interesting characters that they could do something with. Like the Avengers game, the story was good. The Avenger, Marvel's Avengers, the game by Square Enix... The story was good. Multiplayer was awful, and it shouldn't have existed. They should have just put everything into a single-player game, yeah. and it would have been amazing. The story was good. Um, I would have liked to see it a bit more, fleshed out a little bit more, but in, you know, it was worth playing the game. And I was seeing it is in the uh, PlayStation Plus Extra tier, if there is anyone that hasn't played it yet, and also the Xbox Game Pass, if you've, you want to play it on Xbox. You know, yeah. what the, you know what the surprising oh. thing was, though, right? Is as good as Marvel's Avengers was. Everyone was expecting it to be phenomenal, and it was it was good, but it wasn't necessarily on the level that everyone thought it would be. But Guardians of the Galaxy surprised the hell out of everyone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. But you know what? It's like I I haven't seen. Um, I don't think I've seen any Guardians of the Galaxy stuff teased in Spider Man, which is interesting yeah. because they're part of the same universe. Yeah, the games, yeah, because yeah, they are they actually tie in. It's so much potential. There's so much they can do. There's so much out there where they can have these small, even if it's just a cameo crossover, you see the ship, uh, you know, Guardians have landed the ship and you see them leave the ship or something from a distance. Just anything, something small, they don't have to play a part of the story or anything like that. It'd just be nice to see a small crossover, something happen. Yeah. Just to start bringing these universes and characters together, because Insomniac just know how to build these games. Um, and to be honest, I think Marvel, I think that's the best studio they gave the license to out of any studio with any of the properties. To me, that's the best one they've had. Um, and I think we're going to see a lot more. And like I say, I do think we are going to, now thinking about it, we're going to see a cameo of Wolverine tying into spider-man 2 and when we get wolverine maybe we will see that scene in wolverine which ties it together as well which would be quite cool definitely you know and it's like with wolverine it could essentially open up the door to a full x-men game that's exclusive to the playstation that would also be crazy hmm yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe something like because uh, I say you've got, I know we've got Marvel Midnight Suns, which brings a lot of characters together. Because um, I know Stubbs is saying he's saying you can't you can't do that uh, with PlayStation owning Spider Man license. Um, money talks, money talks. There's a lot that um, you, you you can do. Um, 
there's so much money. Money, there's they can get anything, and I'm sure they can come up with a deal where it's have an extra movie right or include X Men or something. There'll be something they can work out. Um, you know, they all they do seem to play ball quite well together anyway. Um, so it's it, it, it's up to really it's whatever deal they can negotiate in what they can make and put together. Like, say, Marvel Midnight Suns, you've got Spider-Man there, X-Men, Doctor Strange, yeah. uh, multiple different characters from different game universes that are in there. So I'm sure they could come up with uh, something and and come do something else anyway. So it would be interesting. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to see what the future could be, but in some way, I could just it's amazing what they do. Um, it can the, the stories, the characters, everything's well fleshed out. But I'd love a big crossover. I'd love them to do an X Men game. Maybe you play a student, uh, you know, at the school for mutants, and you take yeah. missions off Professor X. Maybe something like that. Go out on missions with. Of the characters, you know, something like that. Anything, you know, anything they do, just it just seems to be gold. Yeah, it's it's like um, talking about that. I mean, you could have it like an RPG, where at the very beginning, um, you pick like one of three different characters who might have different types of superpowers, and they improve their abilities and superpowers. You know, and I think if anyone was going to do that type of game, it would be great to see Insomniac tackle that. Yeah, yeah, they're an amazing studio. They know what they're doing. Sony got them for dirt cheap, and it's probably the best best um, studio they've ever bought for the cheapest price, really. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, even including Bungie and, you know, Destiny 2, obviously. <laughs> yes, Destiny 2, the best live service FPS game on the planet. Oh, okay. <laughs> which currently, which currently has a Assassin's Creed um, crossover at the moment. So there are items in there, cosmetics, that you can currently get the, from the Assassin's Creed games. I think it's Odyssey, Odyssey, Valhalla, and Origins, I think, for the free RPG games. And if you play Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you can actually get Bungie, Destiny 2 cosmetics as well to play in um, Valhalla. Outstanding. Very nice. Although I'm still not um, sold on Destiny 2 being the greatest uh, you know, life service game there is. It's okay to be wrong, my friend. It's okay to be wrong. <laughs> uh, we, we've, we've got a question from Masuku in chat. Um, BMG Sentinel, do you feel PlayStation can put out four exclusive games a year like Xbox is planning? Right, just because yes. Xbox says they're going to put four games out doesn't mean they actually are. But then again, I think they actually do have them, to be fair. Starfield, Redfall, Forza Horizon, or Forza Motorsport. I can't remember what the other one is. Um, someone will have to remind me. But I think they have at least these four. Uh, PlayStation, yeah. Of course, of course, it's possible. Um, you, you've got you. You think about you've got you're going to have Spider Man two. You've got Final Fantasy sixteen. I think you're going to see possibly Last of Us factions maybe this year. I think that's a possibility. Um, and they have they have got some more planned for this year, but it's it's absolutely yeah. gone out of my head. Um, but generally, Sony they do showcase. And when it, when they're showing first-party games, it's normally three to six months. 
when yeah. you get the game. So I, I think we're going to get about five exclusive games this year on the PlayStation side, first first party exclusives, um, or maybe four four first party exclusives, one or two well, second party, third party exclusive. I think um, you know I think they might for this year, but would they be mm. able to do that every single year? See, they've got the studios now. They've, you know, they've well, got a lot see, more studios. I don't know though. I don't. I don't know about PlayStation now. Xbox has, <coughs> excuse me, Xbox has tons of exclusives or tons of exclusive studios, but does PlayStation? Yeah, they they've got. They think of everything they've got. There's more, there's a lot of studios that we haven't even seen anything from yet for a while. I think we're going to get um, the announcement of Ghost of Tsushima two this year from Sucker Punch. Uh, that's due to drop. I think we're going to get an announcement from um, oh god, what they call now the ones that made Days Gone. Yeah, um, but I think we're going to get an announce a teaser of the, what game they're making this year. Um, I think we're going to see something from Media Molecule later this year because Dreams is kind of flattened off now. So I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. sure they're working on something new. So it'll be interesting to see what they're doing as well as the PlayStation. PSVR 2, there's exclusives coming out for that this year as well. Yeah. Um, I haven't got the list to hand, but there's a list of games launching day one. Uh, one of them being from the um, creators of Until Dawn, their new on-rail shooters coming out day one for, for that. So there's, there's, there's going to be a lot of exclusives. Hopefully on both sides, I want to see a lot of games, both sides, uh, and I want to see 2023 be the best year in gaming for everyone. And again, whether you play PlayStation, Xbox, both, play where you where's best for you and play what you enjoy. No one says you have to play everything. Yeah. Um, there's so much choice out there at the moment. Uh, but yeah, no, no. That's, uh, I think we will hit that. I think we're going to hit more than for a PlayStation exclusive this year. Yeah, you know, I think, um, I mean, if you're talking about like just first party, um, it's going to be hard for any, um, you know, for any big company to do that. Even Xbox, um, you know, well, with Xbox, their biggest problem, of course, is management. Um, I want to say the same for PlayStation, but it seems like Jim Ryan's own troubles, his own issues, don't really bleed down to companies like Insomniac. Insomniac is like they're firing on all cylinders. You know, Insomniac is badass. They know what they're doing. They make games fast. The games are great. If you have studios like that, you know, you got Naughty Dog, you got Sucker Punch, you got uh, Sony Santa Monica. Some of them take longer to make games, but they know what they're doing. And from everything I've seen, Jim Ryan leaves them alone, you know, because they know what they're doing. Now, mm. um, but that's good. It's like it, it's like if, if a studio proves itself, and they prove they can manage themselves and their products are not delayed and their products don't have tons of issues. Then Jim Ryan leaves them alone and lets them operate. But, you know, you have all these all these games. And I know this is a PlayStation podcast, so I'm going to try to keep it extremely brief regarding Xbox. But, you know, like Redfall and Starfield getting delayed. Two projects in different stages of development, they both get delayed on the same day. That's piss poor management. That's all that is. So it's like PlayStation can do it, I think, with the studios in place because the studios know what they're doing. It kind of feels like some of the Xbox studios don't really know what the hell they're doing or their management sucks. 
you know. So PlayStation could do it if they had more studios. I think if Xbox Studios, if Xbox had more studios than they do, it'd be even a bigger of a mess. You know, so PlayStation, yes, Xbox, no. You know, the four four exclusives a year. I think PlayStation could do it with more studios. I, I think Xbox could, but not with their current leadership because their current leadership sucks. Sorry to say it, but there yeah. it is. Yeah. All hail Jim Ryan. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but, you know. <laughs> I, I, I can see you winking off camera. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, no. <laughs> It's, it's, to no, be honest, like no, Jim, no, no. I, I, yeah. I know that you watched Jim Carr's, Jim Ryan's car on the weekend, but come on now. <laughs> hey, if he asks me to polish his shoes, I'll be there. Oh, <laughs> right. Hey, you'll polish one and Stubbs will polish the other. There you go. That's it. That's it. That's it. But yeah, it's like I say, because obviously I know Herman Hulse is like the head of PlayStation Studios. Obviously, he answers yeah. to Jim Ryan. And I think Herman Hulse, he's. he's, he's he knows what he's doing. You know, he was the head of Guerrilla Games. Yeah, uh, took over Shuei's job to become head of PlayStation Studios, and his management—he just knows what they're doing. Um, they don't rush the games out. The games come out when they're ready. Um, yeah, everything always releases a day one patch. But to be fair, PlayStation games are generally quite well polished, play yeah. well. There's very rarely you have any major issues with the games, and. Uh, they always seem to be in the running for game of the year. Yeah, and you Not know, all it's, of them, that, and that that's that's because of the that's because of the management. They keep everyone functioning towards the same um, the same vision for a game. Yeah, and I think they're a lot stricter as well because I think I think Xbox really like studios. They kind of give a lot more free reign to the studios, let them make what they want to make, which is fine. If that works for them and they think it works for their studios, that's fine. Whereas PlayStation, a studio wants to make a game. They have to have a full presentation, pitch it to Herman Hulst, and he then makes a decision if he greenlights it or not. He's made games. He's actually makes actually physically made games, and knows how it works, knows the process you've got to go through, and he knows what will work and won't work. And I think his management has steered them quite well today so far. You know, know what you know what PlayStation needs to do? They need to put all this all their knowledge into a book, right? And you remember the video where the uh, the head for um, the head for PlayStation hands the other guy the game and he says, Here you go, this is how you share games, right? They should say, How does Xbox make um, games that can compete with uh, you know Naughty Dog and Sony Santa Monica? And he hands him the the book of everything they learned and he's like, Here you go, Phil Spencer and Phil Spencer's like, oh smiling and you know, on camera, there you go. <laughs> I know, I know I'm going to get shit for that. I apologize. It is what it is. Oh, you're going to get hung, drawn, and caught. <laughs> yeah, I know. I expect it. Oh. Especially oh, with dude. tomorrow's podcast. I can only imagine. Oh, Jesus. Yes, yeah. You're going to get <laughs> sticky. I'll be on your side, mate. Don't worry. You've got me on right, your right. side. Team Blue, Team Blue. Right, think, that'll work. I think, but I think Naughty Dog have actually said their next, their next game is going to be more like a TV show anyway. They're going to they're aiming for that sort of realism, more cinematic than yeah. they already are, which, you know, is what they're best for. I know there's a lot of people that slate them saying all the games are the same, which I don't agree with, which is wrong, but the games sell. They know how yeah. to tell a story, how yeah. to be dramatic, how to they know how to hit you emotionally. 
Um, <laughs> from Ash, uh, they've just had some spaces come available on tomorrow night's show. <laughs> wow, I got fired already. I don't oh, believe it. Oh. Uh, so, oh dear, dear. But yeah, they they just know all the studios just know they're just so in sync. They know what works. They know how to tell a story. They know how to big action set pieces. You know everything. They just know how to do it to a T. And they're amazing at it. Um, open world wise, I wouldn't say they're the best at. Um, I, I did enjoy Horizon Forbidden West. Beautiful game. The game looks amazing. The character details, the story's really good. But there was a lot of that in between of running across open worlds, which they, they could have reduced. Uh, I didn't think we really needed it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's bad enough we have me on there, Jim Ryan Helmet China. Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, they, they just know how to do it. And I do think Xbox, in a lot of ways, they could learn a lot from how they do that sort of things. Don't get me yeah. wrong, Xbox has some amazing games, tell some amazing stories. I just think PlayStation tell it better. Um, and well, I am a, I'm a big Xbox fan and a PlayStation fan. I love both yeah. consoles. I play both, and um, it's I'm not picking one side over the other, but I do think PlayStation have that advantage yes. in how they tell a story. And, and how they advertise. Player. Oh, yeah. Whoever, yeah. Whoever's in charge of advertising for Xbox, you've seen that meme where the guy is like, where he's like cross-eyed and he's looking around completely clueless? That's like the guy who does the advertising for Xbox. Like, he has no fucking idea what he's doing. He doesn't even know what day of the week it is. It's so ridiculous. Uh, yeah, that yeah, they're they're not very, no, they're not very on the on the ball with that sort of thing. No, you're right, you are right, but yeah, God, I I can picture the guy. I can't remember his name. Um, he did Broadwalk Empire, and he was in Mister. It was Mister. Deeds. The film was Mister. Deeds. Yeah, yeah. And he's, like, and he's like watching TV, and it goes, "Oh, Deeds is on TV. Really? I thought we were watching cartoons." Both eyes blinking. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Oh, hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Oh, God, I can't get that image out of my head, though. But, yeah, X, you know, Xbox, their marketing team on social media is really They're good. They're fire. Yeah. There's some of the stuff they come out with is absolutely amazing. Sony are useless at it. They can't even yeah. come close to what the Xbox um, PR team can do on social media. But when it comes to advertising games, showing them uh, showcases, you know, they still do it better than xbox and nintendo playstation yeah. have just got it down to a perfect t how to show you the game they want you to buy and want you to play they just know how to do it yeah and the superior in it and xbox do have a lot to learn from that but that's not discounting xbox it's not dissing xbox i just think they could do better but a lot of games xbox done are absolutely amazing uh, yeah. you know they took they took that step with remedy to make Quantum Break, which yeah. to me is one of the best games on the Xbox platform, where they, they tried the game and built in a live TV show into it, depending on the choices made in the game. Yes. It's part of the TV show. Love that. Amazing. Now, I'd love to see more of that. And now, with Naughty Dog wanting to make a game that's like a television show, you have to ask where they got the uh, inspiration for that. Yeah, possibility, and maybe that's some of they they've looked at from the Xbox side and Remedy and gone. We could do something like this, yeah, but better. 
don't get me wrong, I loved it. I, you know, all the characters that are in that game, the actors, I love yeah. the work, I love their acting, and I love the game. I do like Remedy. I didn't quite click with Control, but Quantum Break, when I first got my Xbox One, I got it late on in the generation. Uh, it's the first game I played because it was the game I was so excited to play. And it, it was just brilliant. I love the whole TV show. I know it didn't resonate with a lot of people, but you could play play a game for a couple of hours and sit back for 20 minutes and watch uh, an episode from the choices you made play out on a TV show. And I thought, absolutely brilliant. That's genius. Yeah. Yeah, I liked I like Quantum Break also, you know, and and exactly like where you got to watch the the choices that you made on the television show, it was it was so unique. Like no one had ever really yeah. tried that before, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And I know Luke's Luke Steele likes uh, control over Quantum Break. Um, I think I think Quantum Break, you know, is different enough from Control where it's really hard to compare them. Um, and it's like, well, I like Control. I thought their map was a fucking mess. You know, I'm just saying that. But, you know, Quantum Break was a good game in its own right, though. Yeah. I'd, I'd love a second one. I know we're not going to get a second one. Um, yeah. It's just that's just the reality of, of how it is. But, yeah, it was a really good game. Uh, and maybe this next project from Naughty Dog, we're going to see something like that. Maybe you can incorporate. It doesn't have to be a live-action TV show. Maybe they could do... Uh, do it as just a cinematic thing, you know, maybe get Kojima to do a cut scene for them so that'll last about six hours, you know. Yes. So that yeah. could be could be quite could, quite interesting to see. But yeah, Naughty Dog, again, they're a world class studio. They know what they're doing, they know what makes sells, they know what you know, Uncharted series is probably one of my one of my favourite um gaming franchises ever. It's just I love that type of thing. Uh, I, I grew up grew up watching indiana jones so yeah. um uncharted just it just scratched that itch it was just like not indiana jones but i was playing as indiana jones type thing but with that yeah. comedy in there with the big action set pieces and things like that uh last of us I, and i didn't really i didn't overly gel with the last of us um i don't know why because I like everything Naughty Dog's done, but it's just a game I just couldn't It's a different buy. type of game, though. It's just a different yeah. type of game, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. The story's interesting. The character's interesting. The story sounds good. Um, and I do want to play it. And from bits I've seen and bits I've heard and how the story goes from the first game really makes you think, are you actually playing the good guy or the bad guy? You know, yeah. things like that. And 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 I will eventually. I probably after I watch the TV show. So you I'm haven't sure played The Last of Us yet. I played. I played the first half of the game, and I kind of dropped oh, off because I, I got to a point where I just kept dying, and then I just went, you know what, I'm done. I was getting to the point where I was going to snap the controller in half. Yeah, no. I completely get it because I don't. I don't know if there's a if there's a easy setting below easy. So I completely get it. (laughs) Give me baby ass mode. I'm all for baby ass mode. (laughs) Yeah. No, I liked Uncharted also. You know, and it's like um, when I had a PS3, I played Uncharted so damn much. And when you know my my wife pre-ordered The Last of Us for for me. And, of course, I played it right when it first came out, and I took it back, like, the next day. I was like, I do not like this at all. Because, you know, I got used to how Uncharted was. 
But, you know, after I got a PS4 and I got a free copy of The Last of Us Remastered with the PS4, that's when I really started to like it. You know, I played it all the way through. Um, and it's like, The Last of Us, how how you survive in the game is different than Uncharted because um, it really makes you think about your strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, and how you approach different enemies a lot more. Especially when there's multiple enemies because um, the combat is just a lot more, um, it's a lot more hard-hitting. And like yeah. if you know, it's like it, you, you, it's easy for you to get overwhelmed real fast in The Last of Us if you're not, you know, taking the guy down almost immediately. If you don't take him down and you just stagger him, you have two or three other guys that'll swarm you and you can get killed quick. So I completely understand about um, yeah, you know, because some of the some of the parts in that game, you'll have ten or fifteen enemies in one section that you have to clear before you can progress. And yeah. for a lot of people that are not used to that, it takes some getting used to, and um, it it can piss off people, you know, because it gets difficult at points. I think a lot of that comes down to Uncharted, because of Uncharted, if I'm honest, because Uncharted, you literally run, gun, shoot, stealth isn't really a thing, and yeah. you, I kind of took that mentality into The Last of Us, and you can't play it like that. You can't play run, gun, and shoot, because you're just going to die. You've got to, yeah. It's got to be more strategy, more thinking, reserve your ammo because ammo's limited. Yeah. And I couldn't quite do that transition from Uncharted to Last of Us, and I think that was my issue. But I know, and I do know, after I finish watching the Last of Us TV show, which is comes HBO Max and Sky in the UK on january 16th it's exclusive to sky so and obviously exclusive to hbo max in america uh, so i know after i watch that i'm gonna have to play the game because i'm gonna have that bug to play it <laughs> i'm yeah. gonna have to do it i'm gonna have to <clears throat> learn it and obviously i'd get the superior playstation 5 version to give me that edge right right yeah no i completely get it well one last topic i want to talk about you know talking about spectacular studios that are that are on the level of Naughty Dog or even greater. Um, apparently, GTA 6 is expected to be announced sometime in 2023. Um, Tom Henderson, who is a known insider, he believes that GTA 6 will be officially announced by Rockstar Games and Take Two Interactive in 2023, and that is going to either release in 2024 or 2025. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Like, are you a Rockstar fan? Do you love Grand Theft Auto, or do you think it's overrated? I have played Grand Theft Auto since it first came out. My wife bought me a PlayStation Mini Classic console so I could play Metal Gear Solid, Twisted Metal, and the original Grand Theft Auto, which awful, plays awful. It's absolutely awful, but it's so fun. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> running people over and just seeing the blood on your wheels you know, screech across the floor. What a, Again, an amazing franchise. You just do so much in them games, cause so much destruction. Um, yeah. It's fun having police chases and then holding up in a shop. And, and it's, it's, I, I, do love, I do love Rockstar games. They, again, they know how to make big open world games. They're just, they're just experts at it. And uh, from what we saw, because obviously we got, there was a lot of um, footage leaked um, last year on, on the new Grand Theft Auto. And obviously this, what we saw and the state it looked, 
Yeah, I I would I would have said twenty. I would have said release late twenty twenty four. Yeah, I would I would have aimed at from from what we saw, and obviously diff, little different stages of development that we saw because uh, a lot of the world did seem quite fleshed out. A lot of character details in some things and not in others. I I think it's next year. I think we're going to get a summer announcement. Uh, we're going to get a, as they've done with other Grand Theft Auto games, going to get like a brief clip with the name and more information will come next year. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that's a, a late late summer, early autumn 2024 game easily. And I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, I, as everyone knows, I've bought Grand Theft Auto 5 on every console possible. I even bought it on the Xbox to spite someone who was um, giving me abuse for always buying it because apparently it's my <laughs> fault that we haven't got GTA 6. So I purposely went and bought the next-gen version on right. Xbox just to, just to, just to spite it. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I, I, I get why they were releasing games regularly, you know, ports of Grand Theft Auto V. Um, and I've been one to regularly criticize Rockstar Games, but... To be fair, um, the level of the level of detail and how much goes into making these super huge, intricate open worlds it takes time. You know, you look at um, Red Dead Redemption. Um, Red Dead Redemption Two actually started pre-production right um, as Red Dead Redemption One was being released. So way back in 2010, mm. they already started setting everything up for the next Red Dead Redemption game. And it took them eight years. And that wasn't eight years where everybody's working like 35-hour work weeks. That was eight years where a lot of people were working anywhere from 45 to 60 hours a week. Mm-hmm. The The spouses of um, a lot of these uh, developers at Rockstar Games were pissed because of how much their, their spouses were working, you know. It was a huge thing. Um, they had to come out and address it. Um, there were spouses that actually wrote letters detailing a lot of this that – made it out into the wild a lot of people um were really surprised because you don't think a, you don't think a studio like rockstar games with as big as they are is going to have to push people as hard as they did but with everything that we saw go into um you know red dead redemption to how detailed it was the the ability to interact with people in different ways um verbally you know um it really it kind of puts everything into perspective with how long they've been taken for this now um obviously grand theft auto 5 released in what 2013 you know and it was a it's like regardless of what people say grand theft auto 5 is a playstation 3 and xbox 360 game it's received ports and upgrades but essentially it's a playstation 3 and xbox 360 game and that's how long these games are taking to make you know when you start from scratch and you have to make a huge game that's this big it's going to take, you know, a decade anymore. Um, especially whenever you're talking about them wanting to make the games look as phenomenal as they possibly could. Um, you know, like, the Grand Theft Auto 3 uh, was... It, it broke so many... It broke so many um, barriers that were set, at, you know, with Grand Theft Auto 1 and 2. You know, it entered into the, uh, the 3D realm. You know, then you have Grand Theft Auto 4, which breaks into the HD realm. Then you have Grand Theft Auto 5, of course, really pushing graphics on the P- PS3 and the Xbox 360 as far as they could. And 
even though they were pushing the systems as hard as they could, you could see when you played Grand Theft Auto V for the PS3 and the Xbox 360, you could see how hard it was pushing the system because if you're driving a car that travels at a certain speed, like the faster cars, the game could not load fast enough. Yeah. Because that that's yeah. the limitation of those PS3s. And then, of course, when you now when you play it on a PS4 or an Xbox One or a PS5 or an Xbox Series uh, console, you don't have those issues. So Rockstar Games has always been known to push consoles to the as far as they can at that point. You know, um, and with Grand Theft Auto V, you look at how intricate that game was. And now they're going to want to push the Series consoles and they're going to want to push the PS5 um, as, as hard as they can. They're going to want to do the ray tracing. They're going to want to do as many frames per second as they can. Um, draw distance where you can't see it. You know, so the fact that it's taking them this long, again, I've criticized them a lot in the past, but to be perfectly honest, I get it. You know, I completely get why they've been supporting GTA Online. I completely I completely get why, they, why they've ported it to uh, last-gen consoles and then this generation of consoles. I get it, because it's going to take a hell of a lot of time, because, I mean, with without without exaggerating, Rockstar Games is the best developer in the world. There's no one that's as good as them. And that's pretty much why they can pretty much do whatever they want, and people are still going to buy their games. You know? Um, and with Grand Theft Auto VI, of course, it, when it comes out, it's probably going to be the best-looking game. There's not going to be another one that touches it. So the yeah. fact that it's going to take them over 10 years. If it comes out in 2024, it will have been 11 years. If it comes out in 2025, it will have been 12 years. The fact that it's going to take that long, it's not really surprising. You know, if, if it comes out in 2024, I'll be grateful. But to be honest, I mean, I would more expect it to come out in 2025 just because they're going to, they're basically going to be pushing these consoles as hard as they possibly can because they want the game to look almost photorealistic. They're going to want that at every single level, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. And it is the, the huge games. It's the amount of dialogue that's in there, details in there, the amount of stuff they give you to do in them games to keep you playing for years upon years. Uh, it's, you know, and they know they don't have to rush. They know whenever they release their next game, it's going to sell hundreds of millions of copies instantly. Yeah. And, and they know that, and they know they can take the time. They don't need to release anything on a time schedule that, by anyone else. They'll announce it when it's ready, release it when it's ready, and they know it's going to sell absolutely millions, and that's just that's just the way it is. Because I'm assuming they'll be working to... Whether they keep GTA online as it is now, or yeah. when GTA 6 comes out, have the new server to kick in, which is the new map or do they run them both at the same time i don't who knows um i'm assuming they would just switch it because most of your players are going to move straight over onto the gta 6 when did so they um, assuming... when did they turn off the servers for ps3 and xbox 360 gta online uh was it last year yeah i think it was last yeah, year yeah early last year i think it was <clears throat> so they gave them well, eight years I don't think they're going to give uh, GTA Online for current-gen consoles eight years. They might give them four years. But do you think they'll keep it running with also running the new GTA Online on the new map? No, I think what they'll do is they'll allow people to transfer their characters and all their wealth over. Yeah, and do it that way. Yeah, yeah, that, would, yeah. that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
something yeah, else, be interesting. Something else interesting about Grand Theft Auto 6, and we've heard rumors um, about this, and this would actually make a lot of sense. The biggest problem they had when it came to updates, you know, like the single-player DLC, of course, is non-existent outside of GTA Online. Um, in previous games, you had single-player DLC. You know, but mm -hmm. um, Rockstar Games is wanting to evolve the map, evolve the GTA 6 map, kind of similar to Fortnite, I guess. But if you do, if you did that, where it's accessible through both online and single player, that would definitely be a tremendous step forward. It would kind of be evolving how you do open world um, single player games. Yeah, yeah, dude. So like, like a. A bit like live service type game, maybe run it that yeah. way. Yeah. So then, yeah. So you can evolve the map, add stuff, destroy stuff if it's part of the story or something like that. New well, and you know, open up. it's like it's like if it's in if it's in Miami, then you know you could open up um, the Florida Keys and other other areas like that. You know, next season or the season after, and it gives you know it gives you new single player missions, and it also gives online players. Um, tons of new content as well hmm. yeah there's so much they can do especially and obviously it's going to be current gen only um not not cross gen so it gives them all that extra power to do more and, and it'd be interesting i'm looking forward to it. i'm looking forward to see what they can do uh, i like the idea you've got two protagonists um and you can play whether male or female with full stories voice yeah. work so uh, yeah, it's looking forward to it, and um, I do hope Grand Theft Auto Five reaches to the next generation of consoles. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> I don't know just if GTA more. Five will. One I don't know more. if GTA Five will. One more. I just give me one more generation. No, I, I think I think what's going to happen is um, you'll be able to like buy an apartment, and you'll have a little game system there, and the game on the game system will be GTA Five. I'm going to start a petition to grab that door fight on PlayStation 6 and Xbox X2, whatever it's going to be called. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I don't... Um, they could, you know, and a lot of people would be like, oh, well, that's probably not going to happen. But, I mean, they did port, um, you know, they did make the, uh, the definitive edition of GTA 3 Vice City and San Andreas, so who knows? They might port it to next-gen consoles. Who knows? I'm not happy because I can play Skyrim on my fridge, but not Grand Theft Auto. You're missing yeah. out, Rockstar. You're missing out big time. Leaving they, they, all that money on table. They don't want your fridge to catch on fire. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they don't want to have to be responsible for 10,000 people's fridges catching on fire. Because <laughs> it can't run oh. the game. You know, it pulls a crisis and uh, catches your fridge on fire because the fan just isn't sufficient. Yeah, can't run it properly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh dear, dear, dear. Awesome, awesome. Right. And um, with that, I think we'll conclude episode seven of the PlayStation Party podcast. Thank you, BMG, for um, being on the show with me. I greatly appreciate it. Great co-host as always. Oh yes, yes. Because uh, if just in case anyone doesn't know, Sentinel's going to be hosting the next few shows, um, just to swap it around and change it up a bit. Very nice, very nice. I look forward to it. Although I doubt I could ever be as good of a host as you know you are on a regular basis. 
Oh, no one. You're way above my level. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just a, an idiot who sits here, drinks beer, and stumbles his way through. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us in the chat. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you for helping us get to 1,000 subscribers. It means the world to us. We are eternally grateful. And um, I do want to let you guys know, um, both BMG and myself will be on the Xbox Live Party podcast tomorrow. So definitely check us out. Unless I got fired, of course, you know, with the uh, earlier comments about Xbox, you know, <laughs> right? This could but, be the last PSN show. <laughs> oh, right. Hopefully not. But um, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. Definitely, um, if you did enjoy the show, like it, share it with people who may not be uh, watching us yet or subscribed. We appreciate you guys helping us out like that. And I hope everyone has a great week. Thank you very much. Thank you. See you later, guys. Later, guys. Have a good evening.